Blog Talk Radio. Welcome our listening audience for another episode of Technology Expresso. Here we serve up knowledge and information around technology career, business, leadership opportunities. And tonight I have a panel, I have a trio of guests, which I'm very excited to have on the show tonight. Um, Some very good friends of mine from B2T Training, a wonderful training organization that we'll be talking about tonight. I want to introduce to you tonight, we have Coop, we have Kate, and we have Paul. Um, all three of them, I'm going to have them go much more into in depth about their backgrounds. I can't do them justice, but let me tell you, uh, it's an honor to have them on the show. They are also co-authors of a new book, Business Analysis for Dummies, and so excited to talk about that. Excited to talk about BCT training and all the new um, innovative things that they've been doing around training. And also, all of them are very dedicated members of the IIBA, and I'm sure they have exciting news to tell us about the IIBA as well. But first of all, let me start by just saying hello to all three of you. Hello, Coop. Hello, Kate. Hello, Paul. Hey, hello. how you going? <laughs> Doing, doing Didn't realize great. Paul was in New York, I guess, huh? Yeah. Am I? Hey, how's it going? Hey, hey you, 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 you move Paul out of the Northeast, but you can't take the Northeast out of Paul, I guess. There you go. There you go. You know, and, and i got to warn the audience, this is a shy group. It's, I'm really going to have to work to get them, you know. <laughs> Not at all. You guys are, are a, a lot of fun and bring a lot of energy. So I want to jump right in, and let's start our conversation. And so, actually, I'm going to start with I'm gonna start with Kate Magui. Kate, my, my first question is, is, first of all, introduce yourself to the, the listening audience, and um, tell us a little bit about, how your kind of uh, journey into business analysis and even your journey to B2T. Sure. Well, thanks, Jacqueline. Um, Hi, everybody. I'm Kate Joey, and um, I've been a BA in my, probably in my heart for the last 20 years. I started out of school as a psychology major, um, majoring in um, analytic psychology and studies and research, and managed to get my way into project management and assistance and software development and really loved it. Started as kind of a junior analyst, an analyst, a senior analyst, and moved up the project management track. And then we started redoing some of our um, career paths and realized that 
not everybody wants to be a project manager and that business analysis was just as important. And so um, when we split the tracks, I said, I want to go back to the business analyst track. That's really where my professional center of gravity is. So I've stayed kind of a business analyst managing teams and centers of excellence and different initiatives. And after a while, I realized it's really what I wanted to do full time, not so much help organizations get better as an overhead uh, option, but rather do it as the front line of the core of the business. So it's been really exciting for me to move to B2T in the last two years. Awesome. And and I think like a lot of people, the journey through business analysts, it comes from a lot of different routes. And, and that's why I, I like when people share their story. It's not always just this straight path. Um, and so I think oh, no. it, it, allows, <laughs> it allows them to relate. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's true. I used to characterize it to my two MBAs as less of a career ladder to climb as it was a field of opportunity to explore because you could take the analysis in all directions. You could go up and think about doing analysis at higher levels, um, more senior roles on projects. You could kind of go over from the technology side to the business side doing lower level analysis, or you could go anywhere in between. So it's been a real journey for me, and I've really enjoyed all of it. Absolutely, absolutely. And so with that, I'm, I'm going to turn it over to Paul next. Paul, tell us about your journey. I, I thought it was interesting. Kate says it's a field of opportunity. I'm thinking more like a minefield uh, of opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> One wrong turn, and then, there you go. Um, you lost the foot. Um, but it's really how did I come at, out, of the, uh, out, out of really what I was doing? Um, I got a degree in television production. Uh, which really have no meaning or bearing in what I'm doing today. But moving forward into that, I got a job, I guess, out of college. I was retail sales. Then I went into uh, writing, and I, then I went into technical writing. From technical writing, graduated into UPS. Uh, from technical writing, I, I got a very, 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 and if you don't understand that, it's a very strong process background. Uh, so I really come at things at a process. How did this thing work? And I love just taking apart processes. So that's really how I came into the understanding business analysis. Uh, but in, in UPS, I, I came to a uh, ceiling in my career. I, I could only be a senior technical writer if I wanted to go any higher than that uh, and understand that to mean earn more money was really to go up the development path or the business analysis path. And I, I asked my manager at the time, this was 1994, I said, well, what does a business analyst do? And he says, well, I'm not really sure, but they run meetings and write a lot of documents. And that's really almost an exact quote. So kind of working up from there and really finding my way from uh, a BA who really was just a solution-oriented BA, I really came into it from let me understand more about more about the business, more about the tools, more about what we can do uh, with business analysis, the, the motivation behind the business, uh, then really get down to that particular point, so much so that in uh, 2009 I was pulled from all the BAs worldwide and UPS to create the competency operating model, and uh, that was a, just a, a great, great, great project. And that's how I met the folks at B2T. Uh, because we were vetting different training companies, and B2C then uh, was one of the vendors who uh, came on top, and they went in and was eventually consulted with UPS. Well, thank you. And, and you know, it, you know, B2T just seems to be that magnet. It's full of 
uh, all that, that great talent their way. And um, to credit, right on that list is Coop. And so, Coop, I'm going to have you tell your story next. All right, great. Thank you. So, yeah, similar to Paul and Kate, I kind of fell almost fell into the role. I uh, graduated college with an accounting degree and was an accountant for, for a few years and couldn't have been more bored than anything else than being an accountant. So I uh, started looking for other options of things to do, and I was a subject matter expert for uh, financial applications and working with the IT team. Uh, and I just, an opening came up for a reporting analyst, and I helped develop a lot of those reports, at least give the requirements for a lot of those reports. So uh, I was always excited working with those guys and what they were doing, so I applied for a position and was accepted and kind of moved up from a reporting analyst to business analyst and similar to Kate thought, oh, well, i got to climb the career ladder and go to project management and realized um, I was struggling as much with project management, sometimes almost as much as accounting. It just wasn't where what was natural to me and what I really wanted to do and where the passion was. So I moved back into a BA role, led center of excellence, similar to Kate and Paul. Um, and then in 2006, kind of started looking around for other things to do, kind of wanted to dedicate, even though I was working as a BA and leading teams, um, still I, I didn't feel like dedicating my full day to business analysis, and that's where I wanted to, to focus on. I met the folks at B2T Training through the IIBA, actually, and uh, kind of joined and was doing a number of different things with B2T for a while, and now uh, a year and a half ago was promoted to, to the president of the company. So I'm not doing business analysis every day in the sense of being on projects, but as the president, I'm using my BA skills all the time with daily operational items as well as strategic items within the company. So kind of, you know, that supports, we talked, you know, we talked a little bit about where you had mentioned earlier what the, the career path and how people got to different places. I think, you know, where I am now in this position kind of supports our belief at B2T that, you know, the BAs of today that might be working on projects are going to be the leaders of organizations down the road. That's such a great, great point, and, and, and thank you for that, and, and you are a shining example of that. And, and you kind of went into your role at, at B2T. And for our listening audience, I, I, you know, we have different listeners on the, on the line, so I wanted you, maybe could well start with you. Would you share with the, the audience just what is B2T training? Well, B2T, we're solely focused in the analysis space. And I say analysis because it's not, we don't um, just work with people with the title business analyst uh, or someone that's only doing that role full time. We really focus on any, trying to help anybody that's doing business analysis work. Um, and we try to help transform, primarily work with larger organizations and try to help transform the way they're practicing business analysis so that their projects improve and that their businesses so we're looking, trying to help people apply the multitude of techniques that are available in the analysis space so that they don't run into those minefields like Paul's talking about. So, you know, how to figure out when, why, and where to use these techniques and be more successful on the job and have more successful projects. So we do that in a number of ways. We can help you attack 
you know, particular technique or problem area that you have in your organization, or helping getting, you know, some consulting help with getting your high-stakes projects, get that back on track, or get that started on the right track. And then, you know, just overall foundational training for the, the BA space. Absolutely, and, and and I wanted for you to uh, and thank you for um, you know kind of doing that level setting for for our audience. I want to kind of direct that question next. Uh, I'm gonna direct it to Paul. And Paul, what I wanted to ask you is tell us a little bit about your role at BCT because you kind of have a different perspective and what you do at BCT. Hi, uh, yeah, me. I am like. I'll tell you what, I'm kind of right where I love being, and that's on the front lines in organizations, uh, talking to my fellow uh, analysts and really some of the people that come into the class. And this kind of dovetails with, with what Coop dovetails with what Coop was saying about it's not the analyst. It, you can be doing business analysis even if you're not a business analyst. You are performing business analysis. The guy who owns his own uh, uh, grocery shop right down at the corner, right? He has to do business analysis. He has to figure out, you know, how do I run my business? How do I process this stuff? How do I get the most amount of efficiency through what I do? Uh, and so on and so forth. So I really, I'm really like right in front of people and talking with them all the time in different organizations and, and really getting down into that, what are you guys having problems with? And, and in some ways, it, <laughs> I'm kind of like a therapist because People will say, like, oh, we have the problems. We're the worst company ever. You know, it's amazing that we actually make money with when you look at our internal processes. And I'm like, you're no different than so many other companies out there. So feel a little better about it and then really give them the, the motivation and the excitement to then move forward and actually go off and do analysis and, and do it, you know, kind of a different way than they've been used to doing it. Uh, and, and ultimately with me, have some fun doing it. <laughs> Absolutely. And if you take a class and pause in the concept, you're going to have some fun. There, there's, there's, you know, and that's one of the things, that, and you can hear it, it comes across a, a, the phone, is that as each of you even talked about your path and your, your journey and even some of the minefields that you had to get through to where you are, but it was all to some extent, and I can speak for myself, worth it because you all are passionate. You are, as someone said, right where, you know, you're supposed to be at this point in time. And, and I can hear that you guys are, are loving it. And I know, you know, personally that B2T is a great company to work for. So um, yeah, as some people know, I'm a guest teacher with B2T training. So um, it is a great place and people just that are, are very passionate about the business analyst space and career path. So, Kate, I want to turn my next question to you. Tell us about what you do, what you do at B2T, and, and maybe what's the, the part that you really enjoy about what you do. Thanks. Um, I have a bit of a dual role at B2T. I do instructor work as, you know, like Paul, teaching the classes and getting out there in front of students and helping them with their problems. And then I'm also on the curriculum development and product um, development side where creating new classes for new challenges and um, issues that business analysts and um, others are struggling with and trying to help them solve those problems. So we've been developing a lot of new material in the last year or two since I've been here, um, switching into a virtual environment um, 
and expanding the way that we deliver our learning solutions. So that's been really exciting for me, thinking about strategy and um, product work and new support products. And, and so I've kind of been working on all of that, both teaching and training and development. It's been exciting. Excellent. And, and it sounds like a lot of lot of variety. And and that that takes me to my next question, Coop. I, I wanna uh direct the next one to you is that um not only is the training space always changing new things, uh new ways of presenting things, trying to present people, you know, based on uh their needs, but even the business analyst role. So it must be, you know, I'm sure it's always a challenge to, to try to figure out where the trends are going and, and so on and so forth. Can you talk a little bit? Let, let's first talk about the business analyst role. What what trends have you even observed in your time as uh, in the business analyst space? What, what has, how has it evolved? Well, I think there's um... – I'm trying to think if it's two or three. So I'll just say there's some things, you know, some key things that I've, that we continue to see. One is, you know, in years past, there um, it was primarily the, the business analysis work was primarily performed by someone with a business analyst title, and that there was, you know, associate BA, junior BA, senior BA, that kind of progression. And those people were assigned to projects, and they were the ones Solely, almost solely focused on the BA work. I think in today's environment, especially with with Agile um, gaining more traction and being implemented in a lot more um, companies using Agile methodologies or Agile approaches, the the BA space is kind of slightly changing in the sense that these teams don't necessarily have someone called the business analyst on the team. It's the team coming together to to get to the end goal, whatever the goal of that project is. So um, you might have someone leading that effort, but the analysis is happening throughout the project with multiple people, whether that be the product owner and the development team and someone that used to be a traditional BA. Um, so, so we're definitely seeing business analysis is changing from role to, to more of the work, and I think that's the, you know, one of the big changes that we've seen over time. So it, it's a, an interesting time for the BA space and people trying to figure out who, you know, who's doing the BA space and if I came from a traditional environment, what do I do now in this new place? Um, so, so we're trying to help teams get there. I think the other piece is more, we're starting to see, one, more BAs are growing up into management of, of their teams. So it's kind of interesting now to see a lot more importance being put on making sure their team is doing better business analysis. So that's exciting. Where in the past, project managers or tech leads would kind of be leading a lot of the implementation teams. And then I think there's a number of companies that we're seeing have either they're on the business side or in the on the IT side where it's more, for lack of a better word, doing more enterprise analysis or business architecture type work and looking across projects. Um, and looking at the business as a whole to help even define what projects should be implemented and how they should be prioritized. Thank you, thank you. Um, very, very intriguing. And, and and like I said, even myself being in the business analyst space, I I can uh, appreciate there are definitely trends. And and that's one of the things that's great about B two T. It's an organization that's always 
trying to stay on top of those. So if you're looking for information and insight about the business analyst role, you know, B2T is the, the organization that you want to look to for that information. Um, it, it, it's, I always say it's much more than just a training uh, organization. It's really a partnership. It, it partners and helps cultivate business analysts in all aspects of, of their careers. And, and with that, actually, I, I want to dovetail into uh, a question that came from our chat room. And, and this one, I'm, I'm going to start it out with, with Paul, but anyone else who wants to, to jump in. But there, there's people who, um, one of the reasons why they're on the call tonight is they're not a business analyst, but actually just kind of exploring it as a, a possible career path or transitioning. All of you had stories of how you transitioned. Um, how did you know, you know, some people for the first time are kind of being exposed to the business analyst role. It's, it's not actually that well-known to some, and some, you know, um, to some people. But, you know, how do you know what type of person uh, would is best fit for that all right. Uh, I'm going to be showing my age here, I think, but I probably knew I was going to be a business analyst when, when I was a kid, I used to take apart my Hess truck at Christmas time. Uh, <laughs> so that shows that I'm getting up there. I guess they're still around for a while, but it used to drive my father crazy because he was a professor uh, of, of English and humanities and social sciences, and he's like, Paul, how can you take your trucks apart? I can't even put them back together again. And I'm like, Dad, I got this. You know, I said in my five-year-old voice. Uh, next favorite toy, Lego. Take things apart, build things, figure things out. I think if you have a natural inquisitiveness to kind of figure out why things work the way they do, uh, you really want to analyze that and get it down uh, to all that thing. And, and I think ultimately that a lot of us that really just want to fix things. If you're standing in the grocery store and you're saying, I know how I could make the checkout line faster, you're probably going to be very good at business analysis because you're thinking of things uh, and you're thinking of how can I solve this. Uh, and, and I think some of the best BAs have to then go back and be very, very careful without going forward and developing a solution first without figuring out what the real problem is. And, and as we go through the blog talk radio, I'll bring my, uh, my daughters in here about root cause analysis. So when we start talking about root cause analysis, I'm definitely going to bring my daughters on to the show, not, not voice-wise. I'm just going to explain the situation about it. But be, be very careful about the figuring out a solution before you figure out what the real problem is. And, and I think that's something that as I grew up into the role of doing this analysis, uh, I had to go back and not just solve it initially. You know, if you're, if any of you out there are married, uh, there are times when your spouse wants to complain and you're going to try and solve it for them, and they don't want you to solve it. They just want you to listen. That's great training for business analysis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Great advice. Great advice. And you know, this is this is probably it. Just naturally allows us to kind of introduce. And Kate, I'm gonna I'm gonna direct the next question uh, your way. Is let's talk about the book you all wrote, Business Analyst an Analysis for Dummies, and and for people who are starting to kick the tires and um, curious about business analysis, talk about the the book you all wrote and and how that may help those people who are 
trying to just starting out and, and exploring business analysis? Sure. It's interesting because I can echo a lot of what Paul just said about understanding if you're um, kind of a business analyst at heart or whether it's the right space for you. And when I used to interview business analysts and project managers, I had both teams under me at one point, and people come in wearing wearing both hats sometimes. They say, well, I'm a BA and I'm a project manager. I could do both. And oftentimes that's true. You can do both. But for me, it was about digging into their passion and saying, are you more interested and excited to figure out what the problem is and figure out what the solution needs to be, or are you more excited about implementing that solution and getting it out there and getting people using it? And if the implementation side was the more exciting part, then those folks might be leaning toward the project management side, whereas you're more excited by figuring out that solution um, and what the problem is that's going to be solved by it, then to me those are more the the BA-focused kind of passion people. And that is a little bit why we wrote the book and why we structured it the way that we did. I think we were really excited to get the brand of the Dummies um, group by Wiley because it was such a straightforward, simple approach to describing something. And we sat down and, and spent quite a long time talking about the table of contents and the kinds of things and discussions that needed to be in it to be a good reference for people who were just starting out. And we used to joke that, you know, we would want to give the book to the people that we love and, and work with who don't really understand what we do sometimes. We say, here, just read the book. <laughs> then you'll know. Great, um, great holiday gift. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that was it. We want to be a reference and a resource. Uh, Jackie, can I chime in on that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Chime. Chime, chime, chime. All right, good. So, yeah, I just want to go back to that question that Paul and Kate were answering about the parts and pieces. What, how do you know when you're a good VA? I think um, Paul said he knew it when he was five years old. I think I always say four-year-olds are the best VAs out there because they're so curious. Yeah. They're always asking, trying to understand, you know, why, why. They keep asking you why, right? And as parents, you kind of might get frustrated that your child is asking you why. But that's exactly, you know, people that have that, uh, have kept that natural ability, because I believe that we've all been curious at one point, and um, we could all get it back if you just let it out. But really trying to dig deeper and understand why things are happening, why you want certain things, and finding good ways to ask that question of why, then, you know, then you're probably going to be a good fit. And if you're an analytical person that likes to break things down, like Paul is saying, he like to pull apart his his Hess truck and see how it was all put together. That's you know, if you like that kind of work and get excitement out of doing that, then it's a good fit. And with the Four Dummies brand, I do, you know, I do want to give first props to Paul for you know the Dummies brand actually saw something Paul had written, uh, and they said, "Wow, he's a perfect dummy. He'll be perfect for our book." Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But but they did. They recognized some of Paul's writing and kind of first approached Paul for um, that he would be interested in writing the book. And he brought, you know, he told me about that, and we decided to do it as a, a B2T training thing. And I think, you know, one of the things about the Dummies brand, like Kate was saying, they helped simplify some really difficult um Subjects and business analysis is not an easy subject. Um, and our our view of B2T training is we try to simplify 
the, the content as best as we can so that we can help people understand. So while instructors like Kate, Paul, and yourself are in, in a classroom, give you the ability to break this stuff down as easy as possible. And the dummy brand was a perfect match for how we like to do things in a classroom or coaching and consulting. And now this is just in the, in the book format. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and I, I'm going to take part of your answer, and it's, I'm going to frame my next question. I'm going to direct it first to, to Paul. But there's sometimes I think we've all experienced, whether it's in the classroom or even on the job or when we're uh, um, on a new assignment consulting, but some people think they're better business analysts than they really are. <laughs> um, what chapter in the book, you know, do you think that, that, that you would pick out that, there, you know, you really would have people hone in on that to, to hit home that sometimes people misunderstand or don't quite understand what the business analyst's role is and, and, and what their responsibility Do you have a particular favorite? Uh, it's the uh, wake up and smell the coffee chapter. Uh, this is your life now. Um, it's, I think uh, what most people are going to uh, resonate with uh, are, are really the techniques that we go in there because that's probably where most people are dealing with process diagrams, prototypes, screenshots, wireframes, mock-ups, uh, those types of things. I think you're going to say, oh, yeah, I do this. I get this. I, I'm, this, this is really cool. But I think there's, as you move uh, a little bit more forward in the book, um, you're getting into, well, let's hunt for the right information. We, now that we've got it, we're kind of creating the stuff, but let's go back and let's hunt for it. Let's look for it because, you know what, we're designing a solution that ultimately is going to fail. And, and remember what I said I was going to bring Fiona in about this whole thing. So here it is. Here's the great story, right? So she comes to me and says, I need a new iPhone, right? Well, anytime your 14-year-old daughter comes to you and says, I need a new iPhone, you immediately question it. So parents are fantastic questioners, too. So kudos to Coop on the four-year-old, kudos to parents of teenage children. So they come to you with that particular request. So the, the question then becomes, why do, you know, you need a new iPhone? What is causing you to say that? And, and really, that particular, because there's two stakeholders. There's one that's paying for it, me. There's one that's getting it, her. So you've got two different stakeholders in there, and, they, and the idea is to get to understand the motivation. There's some sort of pain which is causing that particular stakeholder to then go forward and request the particular piece of information. So this is hunting for it. Why, do you have the, why are you having a problem? Why are you saying that? Well, because I can't update to the latest operating system. Why can't you update to the latest operating system? Because I don't have enough space. Why don't you have enough space? And then there's 2,000 selfies of her doing the piece line and the duct face on the phone that we have to now manage and pull off. So um, it really comes down to let's fix the real problem. If we just gave the stakeholder the iPhone, like they said, we'd, up, we'd roll it out, and immediately we still have the same problem because we haven't fixed the real, real cause of it. So as you go backwards in the book, I think people are going to see these things like, oh, yeah, you know what, here's some more key techniques to really get down to a real problem rather than just let's design a process diagram for a solution. I hope that answers your question, and if not, anyone who's listening here, just please chat, and uh, we'll, we'll definitely drill into it a little bit further. Absolutely, absolutely. And also to our callers on the phone, just so you know, you can press 1 if you want to get in our live calling queue and ask a question of our guest tonight. Tonight we have Coop, we have Paul Mulvey, and Kate Magui, all of V2D training, and also co-authors of Business Analysis for Dummies. 
Um, and so we're, I, I want to proceed. I want to ask a question, then I have a, a question in the chat room, a great question uh, from Lenita Russell. But let me let me first, as we wrap up this, this uh, kind of series of questions, Kate, I wanted to direct it to you and give you the opportunity. What was, I'm sure when you guys are, you, you said you spent a lot of time on the uh, table of contents. I'm sure you had to pick and choose what uh, you actually included in the book. What's something that you were particularly uh, wanted to make sure was in the book and, and want to, to point out for, for people to, to hone in when they buy the book? For me, the um, the biggest challenge for me was making sure that it not be just around um, how to do stuff, but but that we answer a little bit of the question about why you would do certain things at certain times or what you were trying to get at, aside from just how to use techniques. And so we focused on breaking it down between just, you know, what is the space of business analysis and let's talk about those tools and terms and the basics, um, but also how to kind of analyze the situation and figure out, you know, what's really needed versus what they're asking for. Sometimes and oftentimes um, stakeholders were, will ask for the solution that they're looking for and say, I need this solution, when really they need oh, the solution yeah. because they're trying to figure out you know, their own way to solve the problem that they're really having. And they never or don't often tell you about the real problem or the real thing they're trying to achieve. They tell you the solution that they want and they need, and people go forth and write requirements on that. And so for me, it was about really focusing in on validating that the problem that they're um, saying is the problem is really the problem, that the need that they're expressing is the need um, for their achievement as opposed to the need for their solution, and that we understand a little bit more about what the solution has to have to be successful, and then what options you have for solving that as opposed to you know, picking options right away until you, you know, before you understand what um, the solution has to have in general. So, so I focus a lot on you know, kind of expressing and trying to communicate the problem-solving pieces um, before you get to the whole writing of requirements for solutions. And I think a lot of that was in chapters five and eight. So if you're okay. reading the book, that's where you should go. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And, and make sure you pick it up. It's out there on Amazon.com. Um, you can also go to the V2T training website, and there, there's links there, and there's also links on the Technology Espresso Facebook page as well. And we'll be um, also promoting that even after the, the show if you want to know how you can get that information. Um, and, and let me ask you, now we, we had a question from the chat room. I thought it was an interesting question. Was it difficult, uh, you know, what was the challenge of writing a book? You had three business analysts. You, you all, um, first of all, I, I'm thinking in terms of two, you know, analysts are very analytical. You know, we, we wordsmith as part of our craft. You know, um, I, I'm sure that in and of itself was, was a bit challenged, having uh, three business analysts kind of co-writing it. But um, right. also you all come from different points of view, too, because business analysis, um, as we come from different paths and, and work in different capacities, business analysts is very different in different organizations. Did you find sometimes where those different points of view um, were challenged, or did you find a way to incorporate those in the book? Yeah, I think, you know, no disrespect for, to all the mothers out there, but it was, it took us almost to the day, nine months, to get from the start to finish, so it was like birthing a baby. Uh, sometimes, you know, very enjoyable and fun. Other times, uh, not so much when we had certain deadlines. And, you know, I, I know I would usually write uh, 
uh, from 3 to 6 in the morning uh, when those deadlines were approaching. And I think Paul wrote, Paul and Kate were more nighttime writers. Um, so, so it wasn't easy all the time. But one of the things that we had to help, um, the Four Dummies brand, the folks at Wiley, actually gave us uh, someone to work with, and she was wonderful, Sarah, was our dummifier. And that's what they called this person. So, so one of the challenges that we knew that would come out front is that we all have three different writing styles, and we wanted it to sound uh, as close to one voice as possible. So we had this dumbifier that would take all of our content and um, talk about the wordsmithing that was going on. Some of the things, uh, some of the terms that we use day in, day out uh, for business, we thought were extremely well known. But now you get Sarah and some of the other editors involved, and we had to explain every minute detail, like even explaining what a project is. Um, you know, some of the things that you can't, you wouldn't think need to be explained had to be explained to them, and then we'd have to write it out and really explain in detail to break it down for someone that knows nothing about the space. Um, so I, I don't think there were too many areas where there were vast differences. I think our, the process we went through was one person, we split up the chapters, somebody would write it, and then the others would edit and chime in and give feedback. Uh, and for the most part, it was fairly clear. You know, I mean, we all, we all work for B2T training, so there was already some, you know, a lot of common threads around uh, how we thought about some stuff. So at least, I mean, maybe you guys can chime in and see if there's any difference. But I don't think we disagreed really on anything. The one thing that did get into the book, though, was our different experiences. Um, so you'll see throughout the book a lot of anecdotes of stories that we had, and we tried to get as much of that in as possible. Absolutely, absolutely. Paul, Kate, anything you either of you would like to add? Yeah, I would I would just say that I think what's what comes out in the book is really uh, the three people's experiences. I don't know that uh, I'll tell you quite frankly, and and Kate and Coop might um, back me up on this. I don't think I as a solo act could have written everything, and I and I know I couldn't because I couldn't have written Kate's and Coop's experiences. But even you know just their backgrounds because we all come from different diverse backgrounds. We've all kind of like moved together. You know, if you think of things like a, as, as an upside-down pyramid, we all it's real wide at the top, and well, maybe it's more like a funnel, okay? But it's real wide at the top, and then it kind of comes down into a very small hole, which is that book, and that becomes the consummate exper experiences that all three of us have had. So I, I don't think that I could have written uh, a book solo with every single thing that could have encompassed business analysis because I think it's just so huge. And I think that working with the other, other two BAs, I, th I think as, as BAs work with other BAs in the organization, then you're going to get that um, hive mind. Not, not that you all think the same way, but you're kind of moving toward sharing of all that experiences. And, and then you will have a better story and a better book in your organization. You're not actually writing a book, but you're going to have a better story in your organization as you all share your experiences and come together. Yeah, I have to agree with Paul. Absolutely. We all did have those different experiences. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you go right ahead. I think those those different experiences and different perspectives were really great because we all had experiences in different domains and different industries. And 
So those really added a lot of color where we could talk about similar situations or facts or the ways that we would approach certain things. Um, situations would play out in one industry very differently than they would play out in others. Like, you know, Paul's experience in, um, in UPS and the way that they manage their processes gave him a, certainly a different perspective than I might have had doing consumer products or, um, you know, legal and consulting work versus the stuff that Coop did in his um, entertainment and network experience. And so together they did all play very nicely. And so I think the peer review process and being able to, you know, each chime into those chapters where we were strongest was really um, exciting. And and also it meant that we could back each other up because when we had the situations where, you know, business called and work had to be done and we had to shuffle priorities and, and get things done, we could each chime in and trade off and say, you know what, I, I can't cover this one anymore. Can you do these? I think Paul really saved the day in the beginning of the process where we were all busy and, you know, he had some available time, so he, we shuffled the chapters around in the delivery, and it was just really great. Yeah, it wasn't really that I had available time. It was just that I was kind of traveling, and, well, I'm just going to be at a hotel, so I might as well write it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for that. It, it's the one thing, if I can just add, I think the, you know, Paul brought up a great point about the, the collectiveness of, of writing the book, in case you added that. And that's, there was one reason we added a chapter at the end called 10 Experts Chime In, and we got other experts that wrote, you know, little snippets about their stories and what they felt their favorite technique was and why and, and how they use it and what the value is it and what, what the end goal is by using those techniques. And the, the key in business analysis is that there's no one way. There's no prescriptive way to say, okay, you start, it's not manufacturing, right? You don't start here, do step two, then step three, then step four, then step five. There's, there's all these techniques, and you're dealing with all different types of personalities with the people that you're dealing with. So you have to constantly be thinking of what technique is going to be yet best to use when and how do I interact and engage my stakeholders. So there's not just one simple way to do it. So the more information you can gather, the more people you can talk to about experiences and how they approach things, the more information you'll start to have in the back of your mind so when you get presented with situations, you have everybody's experience. So, you know, I recommend there's other VA books out there. Um, we think ours is the best, of course, but there's other VA books out there that um, should be read and experiences and people you should talk to to keep getting more and more information. Absolutely. And, and the one thing that, that I can uh, definitely co-sign on that is, first of all, the result is, and in, in, in to Lenita, um, you know, it was a collaborative effort. And this is even an example. There's collaborative efforts even in the, the workspace of business analysts. You may work with a, a okay. team of BAs. So, you know, that, that's, that's what I'm hearing from the three of you is a collaboration, coordination. Um, and, and then secondly, um, I love the point that, that all of you made, is that, you know, business analysis, you know, the book is made richer from your different perspectives because there isn't one, always one way to do anything. I, I think even in the B2T classes, we talk about having a toolkit. And the more variety and the more you can pull from your toolkit, you can assess, the, you know, even from project to project how you approach it may be different, the different corporate environments, uh, the different stages of the project that you may be coming into. So, um, you know, that's, that's 
the the richness, I think. And I love that you you talked about the um, the extra section, the ten experts chime in, even more perspective. So, um, and I've also seen that is also kind of the approach to the B2T training material. It's very collaborative, and it's a collection of so many people's experience, and and I, I love it. It's really an exhilarating process when uh, we're updating or when we're writing new modules uh, in the B2P material uh, because it is. Everyone coming together, talking about it, talking about what we had in common and talking about different things that we, we've tried. And so it's just that, that, that tribal knowledge, uh, which is very which is right. rich. Yes, yeah, well, and just one more thing to add on that. With the way we try to um, assign instructors is the same it's the same concept. And a lot of clients will say, well, we love Paul. We want Paul for all our classes. And we can definitely do that, but we try to have them get experiences from other instructors as well because of that, right? Paul has his set of experiences, and it's good to get input from other instructors as well to get their experiences. And just, again, the more people you talk to, the better. So not only do we develop our course materials that way, but we try to work with our clients to get as many people in front of the clients and their students, you know, and their employees, so that they they get a variety of experiences. And the instructors are the ones that make all those course materials come alive. So it's good to to get a different viewpoint. Coop, it's funny that you mentioned that too. Um, we had students this week actually talk about their experience attending a public class that we offered instead of just the corporate class with their employer. And they were saying, you know, it was really great because you got to meet other students from other companies and they have different approaches and different perspectives on things too. And so the public classes were an interesting perspective for them because they got to talk about situations in other companies and see how other BAs approached things and handled it, and that was insightful for them as well. All right, great. Absolutely, absolutely. And and even myself, even as a, you know, two points I want to make is just from my experience with B2T, um, the instructors like myself, we're still practicing business analysts. So the stories we come are hot off the press. You know, we're still in the trenches and, and can relate that information uh, to our students. And then also I learn from students because uh, they tell us about some of their challenges, and I always turn it back on them. What are some of the things that have worked for them so that they can exchange information? And I always learn as well. So it's definitely a two-way process there. Um, and that's actually, that kind of bridges us so that we can talk a little bit about B2T because the book I absolutely recommend. Everyone get the book. Um, and, and digest the book, use the book, use it as a point of reference um, as, as you need it and as you come across different challenges. But I'm going to start with Coop and ask you, can you kind of talk to the audience about the book is one way of getting information, but B2T has a whole uh, other assortment of ways for them to, to get information and knowledge. And, and, and talk about those different aspects. Okay. Um, so there's a number of things that if you go to our website, you'll see um, in the resources pages just down where they can download white papers. We last year at the BBC conference, we kind of did this collective intelligence social learning experiment where we got people to chime in on uh, at the conference to chime in on specific topics, and we came up with these quick tip guides. So. 
every month we're uh, talking about uh, – actually, we have two more to roll out soon, but I think in total there were six different quick tips. So there's a number of resources. And just for those that you don't know what the BBC is, that's uh, Building Business Capability Conference. So it's a conference where the IIBA Business Rules Forum and uh, Business Process I don't know if it's forum, but the you know a an organization dedicated to process management come together, and it's just a collective of really smart people uh, giving workshops and seminars all around business analysis, business rules, and business process. Um, and there's another one coming up this year in in Vegas in the middle of November. If you're interested, um, so yeah. No, I was just saying, woohoo, Las Vegas. But okay, sorry about that. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, so you know, so there's a number of free stuff that you can download and get information. Um, you know, another way is even you know, Paul, Kate, and I, uh, and Kent McDonald, who's another one of our colleagues, and Jacqueline. I'm not sure if you're out on Twitter or not, um, but I know on Facebook and a lot of other areas. So a lot of us are are out there tweeting, and if you are tweeting. Hashtag BAOT is a great way to get some information on business analysis. A lot of smart people sharing their experiences, knowledge, asking questions. And then, you know, from from a class standpoint, we have a number of classes. Like I was saying earlier, from foundational training to more advanced classes um, that cover basically cover the, the whole span of the business analysis space. Uh, and those classes are one to, to four days long. We also, you know, we do those live on-site, and as Kate was mentioning, in the public format, as well as virtual on-site. And that's, you know, the three of us that are on this line actually had a big, big part in making sure and how we went into the virtual space. And I think I'm most excited probably about that. Um, I don't. I think there's still a perception that virtual training and learning is not as high value as face-to-face, but the tools that we use and how specifically, you know, the training that Paul and Kate have gone through and some of our other instructors have gone through to to really teach in the virtual environment um, is, in my opinion, showing huge value for students. One, they could sit at home or at their desk uh, for a few hours and, and learn from experts and then go back to work so they don't have to be out of the office for that long. So it's something to, to look into. We also offer, you know, we have these experts, and coaching and mentoring and short-term consulting is another way of learning, right? Our, our goal at B2T is not to have a training class. It's really to help make sure the people we work with can apply it on their, into their daily jobs. So if that's through training and then coaching and mentoring, that kind of couples together to make sure that people are really excelling and and getting the outcomes they need in their their business. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, my next question I'm actually going to direct toward Paul. Paul, as an instructor, instructor, can you kind of share with the audience what, what, what can they kind of expect? What are some of your favorite kind of aha moments from the, the in the training classroom? Uh, because it, it's a very dynamic and very energetic classroom, and especially I know with you, like I said, leading it. What were some, some of your favorite exercises? Uh, well, I just thought when, when Coop mentioned virtual training, I thought, 
actually, my television production degree is coming into play. <laughs> it's kind of like radio. <laughs> There's a whole studio in there. Um, it, yeah, it's funny that you say energetic uh, because I I never know what's going to come out in, in one of my classes, and and I just and I run with it because. There, there, there's relevant business analysis expertise just everywhere. Um, I'll, I'll give you an example. One, one class, someone was talking about uh, they, they, didn't, they, they can't change in their organization. No one can change. They're afraid of changing. And, and I'm like, okay, look, I want everyone to stand up, right? We're going to take a stretch because we've been sitting for a while. So they kind of stood up. I want you to stretch your one arm out, and then I had them stretch their other arm out and put it in front of the other one, right? And then I said, now, you know, spread your legs apart so you get a low center of gravity, and then now Gangnam style. So I got an entire class that danced Gangnam style. Now, if I went and asked them, <laughs> all right, everyone, get up, we're going to dance, they'd be like, no, 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 we're not going to dance, we're not going to dance. But that whole change thing, if you can get them to change, and it's like, you know what, this really isn't as bad as, it, as, as, as we thought it was going to be. So that, that's something that's just kind of fun and energetic, and it gets people out uh, of doing uh, their, uh, their, their whole ability uh, change management. Uh, if I were to ask, uh, I, in one class, I just I said, all right, I want I, I want you all to just draw something. Like people say, oh, I can't draw. I can't. I'm, the, I'm a terrible draw. I can't draw. They're like, hang on a second. You can draw. You're putting on filters on yourself that you've defined the word. Can you draw to mean something completely different? If I ask the class of four-year-olds, Coop's favorite BAs, right? Who can draw in this class? Everyone would raise their hands because they have a different meaning of the word draw. They haven't put those filters on. You can draw great. You can draw terribly. You can draw abstract. You can draw like Picasso. Everything is a cube figure, but you can still draw, and it doesn't really matter. Just draw. So some of these things that would come out of class, you know, they're just enhancements uh, from the course material, and it just it hits home with people. It really does. It's just it's just amazing. Absolutely, and just listening to you and and our audience as well, as you can tell, it's going to be a fun and a dynamic class, and just like Paul, I think all the instructors bring their personalities to the the classroom, and and really the the class itself, being taught by business analysts, we know how to read the audience, and we kind of adjust it to our audience, so... Um, it, it really is a kind of a personalized experience. And um, even, for, like I said, for myself, I enjoy that as well. Um, every class is going to be different. We've got our core material, and you're going to get those that core information from the class, but you're definitely going to have a dynamic experience. And, and, and let me, that, that, with that, I want to direct my next question to Kate. Can you think of it in your experience? Can you think of a, a success story where you, you've seen someone through the kind of evolution process, kind of stepping into the business analyst role, or even through the, the, the training process? Do you have uh, uh, one that you can share? I do have some good stories to share, um, but when it comes to evolution of business analysts, there is one in particular that was very interesting. Someone who was not. Um, thinking about being an analyst, it was not where their head was, and um, they were kind of associated with our team through one of the other groups that was um, just kind of aligned to us. We had a a bunch of different teams kind of all together, um, and together we served up uh, development support, whether it was user experience or quality assurance or um, four or five different dis- different disciplines that all serve development. And so it was somebody on our quality team who um, 
really was interested in the role but felt like, you know, their space was quality. And little by little they started to gain some more experience and some more confidence and then a role opened up and, you know, they considered applying but it wasn't really something they were confident about. I encouraged them to go for it anyway and they got the job. They got really excited and within a year or two turned into one of the best analysts that we had. Um, so, you know, like Paul says, don't think you can't do something. If you're interested and you want to learn more and you have an open mind toward, you know, building knowledge and building skill, just go for it and you'll learn as you go. And the thing about being an analyst is you have to ask all those questions and you have to dig into the information and you have to kind of build the knowledge. But even the most experienced and seasoned analysts upon joining a new project or a new initiative, they have to do the same thing and kind of start from scratch on what the issues are. So, you know, you're only as new as your newest project um, or, you know, as experienced as your last project. And so you have a new opportunity every time to kind of grow and learn and ask those questions. It's all good. Yeah, and Kate makes a great Do you know? Yeah, Kate makes a great point. I'm sorry, jump right in, Paul. Yeah, I'm just, uh, here we go. If you can't see me because it's radio, but I'm actually jumping. Here I go. Jump. Okay. So <laughs> I'm in. But Kate makes a great point when she says just try things because so, I mean, and Coop and Kate, um, you can chime in as well if this was your experience. So much of this business analysis stuff, we learned by stumbling. We went through minefields. I have battle scars. I've seen train wrecks. I've been part of train wrecks. I've avoided train wrecks. <laughs> You see a train wreck happening, and then you learn to avoid the next one. But don't be afraid to jump in and try something new because uh, it's sometimes you're going to feel your way through it. Uh, Sometimes you're going to jump in a pool and say, hey, this is too cold. You're going to get out. Other times you're going to jump in and say, this is really refreshing. But really jump in and try something new. So she's got a great point with that. Yeah, if I could add on to that. And Kate and Paul know my mantra, um, because I – I try to say it as often as I can. And to me, it's all business analysis is all about communication and collaboration. Um, and from the communication side, where, what you're after is getting a shared understanding with your team and all the stakeholders involved what, what the needs are, what the problem is, what the opportunities, what needs to be solved, and then how are we going to, to solve that. And, it, you know, so Paul was talking about just draw it. You know, it, it's like... Yeah, you don't have to be – everything doesn't always have to be formal, and people shouldn't think of business analysis techniques as these document deliverable techniques. They're really analysis techniques and a way to break things down and help come to that shared understanding. And if, you're, if your mindset is, that, okay, how do I do a better job communicating this, then you got the right mindset. Absolutely, absolutely. And in, in, in my experience, too, it's just a continuous process of improvement. Paul, I, you know, I love your comments as well, is that, you know, if you're going to try something, if you're going to step out there, you're going to stumble, you're going to trip, you, you, you know, you might, you know, get a little straight up, but you get right back up. And, and you know, like I said, you, I, I enjoy the learning process. And as all three of you, you know, the, the passion that's coming across, that is ongoing, and I find that business analysts always have that thirst for knowledge, which ties into Please look for the Business Analyst for Dummies, written by our three guests tonight, Coop, Paul Mulvey, and Kate Magui. And, and I'm looking at our time, and believe it or not, our 16 minutes are, are just about up. And, and um, I really appreciate all three of you joining us tonight. I enjoy our listening audience. 
Um, I enjoy, thank you those who join us in the chat room, and also looking forward to all of those that will be listening to the broadcast um, in our archive. Um, and, and we hope to have all three of you back. You know, um, there's, there's so much more to talk about uh, in, in business analysis, and like I said, it's, it's always evolving. But I do want to, Coop, I do want to give you the kind of the, the last word to our listening audience um, about business analysis, about B2T training, even about the, the IIBA and, and this industry that, that you, you know, you have been a leader on many fronts, the leader of B2T training. You uh, provide your leadership in the IIBA, both at the local level and at the national level. We see you speak at conferences. So, first of all, any parting words? And also let people know how they can uh, stay in touch and uh, reach out to B2T. All right, thank you, and I want to thank thank you, Jacqueline, and thank Kate and Paul for for helping out with everything that you guys help out at B2T Training. Jacqueline, you mentioned this earlier. The one thing I want to say, what my goal is with B2T Training is that, and you said it was like a magnet for experts. That's exactly the great way to explain. I always say I want this to be this collection of the, the top people in the BA space to be associated one way or another with B2T training. And our goal is to help. Our tagline is we get it, we'll help you get it too. And it's, it's not good enough that we just have the expertise in-house and that we have people that know this stuff, but it's about how do we get um, you helping you get all these concepts. And I think that's, that's what we do. We, we take these difficult concepts and break them down and in a number of ways and through the training class, coaching and mentoring and help you you get this stuff. So um, the VA space is huge. Um, there's, it is a large field of, of opportunity, and I hope people are interested in it by the book. And to get in touch with us at B2T Training, you can go to our website, www.b2ttraining.com, or call us at 678-366-1363. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, with that, again, thank you all. I look forward to the next time. Our mic is always open to all three of you, and I look forward to seeing you in Vegas, too. But <laughs> with that, all right. thank you, <laughs> and good night. Thank, thank you, everyone. Thank you so much. All right, see you. Good night. Good night.